Hello, hello, and welcome to today's episode of Saddest Night Out. My name is Roy, I've pressed record, and away we go. I'm going to keep this one brief because I am headed out, as is part of the tradition here on the Saddest Night Out podcast. I've been doing some reappraising of what the podcast is for, who the podcast is for, and why I'm doing it. There's a bit of a cliched phrase when it comes to PR in music. When someone is particularly when it's a newer artist, when they are starting to get attention from media. There's a very cliched saying, typically with rock bands who want to appear as quote-unquote authentic, they'll tend to say something along the lines of, we make music for ourselves, if anyone else listens, it's a bonus. And that perpetuates this idea that they are capital R real. They're making real proper music, they're not trying to sell out in any way, shape or form. So much so that they're literally just making music for themselves. If anyone else even listens, they don't care as long as they are happy with what they make. And most of the time that's probably, there's probably some element of truth to when people say that. But for the most part, it's just something that you want people to you want, people to, you want people to think you're cool because you said that. You want people to think, oh, wow, they really are hardcore. They're just in it for the actual pure love of music, whatever that is. But especially in this day and age when it's right there on your doorstep exactly how many people are listening to your music in comparison to other people, I don't think there's any platform online where you can share your music and not see the literal numbers of who's listening to you. And I think you'd have to be a liar to say that doesn't affect what it is you're making because especially if you say i've said this on the podcast before if you're making something and getting 5 10 50 listeners and someone who sounds similar to you is getting 50,000 listeners that's going to affect you to some degree it's human nature however that is very much the mindset that i want to bring to the podcast this really is for me it's a way to try and keep myself in check to try and keep the wheels turning of creativity of work ethic to try and be aware of what goals I'm trying to achieve etc etc and also a way of getting practice to talk to other people to get myself out there if it can help to promote what other people are doing then that's great if it can help to maybe influence other people's music tastes then that's very flattering But first and foremost, it is for me. And I think that's largely because this has been born out. I'm I'm not a somebody who's pivoted to doing a podcast and thus has an audience I'm bringing with me. I'm a nobody in a sea of nobodies who's just had this very personal idea. I haven't really invested in upping the production value of this. I'm I'm not even really mentioning the Patreon anymore. I think I'll take that down, to be honest. I have to really double down and focus on the real impetus for me doing this in the first place and then build from that and I think I wasn't as focused on that as I thought I was hence the large gap in episodes so that's the first thing I this podcast is truly for myself it's just my own daily journal if you will on my thoughts my ideas and people I encounter along the way and maybe at some point in the future it'll be a good way to connect the dots looking back I also had this weird thought of If in 30 years' time I have a family and kids, or who knows, even grandkids or something, how weird, maybe cool, but definitely interesting it would be to listen back to this and see how things were in the 20-teens. I don't know if anyone... First of all, I don't know if anyone calls it the 20-teens, so that might be the first thing you learn about the 20-teens. So there's that. 
Speaking of plans, the blue sky plans that I have for the most immediate future are March, assemble a group of musicians to be able to play live. April, put my first piece of something out into the world. Something that I really work to record as best as I can and put that out there. Not just a demo on SoundCloud, but actually on streaming services and drive attention to it, etc. And more long term, my birthday is in July. From July onwards, I barely want to be home. There's a UK band called the 1975, who are... I. I think it's safe to say they're one of the most popular bands from the UK. They released their debut album in 2014. And there's a website called setlist.fm, which lets you look at the set lists of bands at almost any gig, at least in the very recent future. So you could say Reading last year, I think Post Malone played. You can look up the songs, the list of songs that he played in his set. You can go back to... 2013, 2014, the 1975, they played so many shows in those early years. It paid off because they had their debut album went to number one and they played, I think, at least one, if not a few, sold out shows at Brixton Academy before they released their debut album, which is a real hallmark of how pop, how much popularity you have. And the fact they did this off their own backs, they were turned down by major labels so they and their manager started their own label very much did things their own way and it really paid off it's often talked about how enemy once voted them the worst band in the world i think i think in 2014 and then their second album was voted best album of the year so as far as their further success that's really a testament to them and how how good they are basically but that early stage where they were just relentlessly on tour, that is something I want to emulate. I want From my birthday onwards, from July onwards, I barely want to be home. I just want to be on the road playing as many shows as possible. I don't know how possible that will be if Brexit happens because it looks like travel around Europe will be more difficult than it's been, more difficult than it is now, but we'll see what happens there. We'll cross that bridge when we come to it. But that's the most long-term goal I have. So it's to assemble musicians in March, release something in April, just start playing live as soon as possible, release something every other month, maybe release an album at the end of the year. As far as releases are concerned, that's a looser goal, but playing live is very much the more immediate goal because I think that, for me, is the most effective place to really stake your claim for what it is you want to do and why you are worthy of attention above others. There are so many people I encounter who have released music on streaming services and they must know that they, at the moment, they. I guess it's... Because I'm thinking you should release something when you've garnered some attention so that upon your release, some attention is drawn to it and that can only continue the momentum towards you achieving whatever whatever landmark you want to achieve. But a lot of people are... They seem to be itching to just put something out as soon as possible. And then, you know, figure out everything else afterwards. And that's not, that doesn't sit too well with me. And I'm not saying it's the wrong thing to do. But I think I should go with my gut and what feels right to me. Because if I can stay true to that feeling, I'm more inclined to follow through on whatever plans I have. If I go through with something whilst in my heart of hearts, I'm thinking, 
I'm not too sure, I'm not all in on this, then I'm more likely to drop out and quit and or only do it halfway. But if I do firmly believe in what it is I'm doing, I'm more likely to see it through. Most recently, I've started my, I think at this point, fourth read of the book, Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is a course about all the New York bands in the early 2000s and the revival of rock and roll, etc. And I've done a, taken a lot of safaris of New York via Google Maps. Basically, as you read the book, it's an oral history of what went on from 2001 to 2011 in music in New York. Although it does del- delve into the 90s quite a bit as well. It sets the sets the lay of the land in the 90s and then takes you through the 2000s, largely starting with the strokes, etc. And a lot of the stories are about the main character, the author, whose name is just completely... Lizzie Goodman. The author Lizzie Goodman talks about how the main character is the city of New York. So every anecdote, every happening that is spoken about, it's often tied to a place or an event. And such as technology today, you can type in whatever place they're talking about. Some of those places don't exist anymore, but the addresses still do. So you can look at where in Manhattan, where in Brooklyn, where in Bed-Stuy, etc., etc. The most amusing thing for me right now is the fact that Matt Berninger or Berninger, I can never remember how to say his surname. He's the lead singer of the band, The National. He used to go to bars and music venues in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. But it looks like he lived closer to where Central Park is, which is much further north. And he said in the early days when he first moved to New York, he would walk from where he lived to the music venues of Lower Manhattan because he was scared to take the subway. If you look it up on... Google Maps, I think he lived on maybe 66th Street or something like that, and he would go down to 1st, 2nd, 3rd Street. That's a hell of a walk. And I feel like I can relive that because I can look up the places, etc. Anyway, I'm starting to ramble now. So, yeah, just just a few few pearls of... I don't know where I'm going to... Just a few thoughts that I've had about the podcast and about me in general. And that, I think, is what I will be using this podcast for more and more. Where possible, I will talk to someone and put that conversation on here but I won't let this podcast hinge on who I get to talk to otherwise we'll get to another point where it's another month or two before I put the next one up because I'm not sure who to talk to etc etc if I can think of it as a space where I can just talk my talk and just blah 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 and anyone that wants to listen can listen further to that point I'm not going to be too aggressive with hey new episodes up new episodes up everybody on twitter or social media etc because if I'm aiming to do an episode every day I can imagine that would get pretty irritating pretty quickly I know I'd feel irritated if someone was shoving down my throat their new daily thing every day so I'll just put it up there those who want to listen can maybe when I talk to people that might spread the word a bit more but I won't be too aggressive about it and lastly i would typically put some original music at the end of each episode. But the thought struck me, what if someone else was to use that original music for their own songs? And then I eventually turn that original music into a song and they say, hey, you copied us. Could that happen? Because yes, I'm putting music out here on my podcast, but it's I don't even know if I should really be saying this on the podcast, but it's such as the nature of it. At least it's just me and maybe, what, 18 other listeners it's not copywritten or anything right now. There's no copyright. There's nothing that says... I mean, there's some basic level of copyright when you record something and you put it out there. But I don't know. what. It's just a, maybe it's a paranoid thought, but it is one that crossed my mind. What if someone else 
listened to my podcast, heard some of the original music and released something based on that before I did? Would that put me in some hot water? I don't know. So no original music for now until I figure out the answer to that. One last thing. So I started this podcast, whatever it is, and called it Saddest Night Out because I was very inspired by the book Meet Me in the Bathroom and the genesis of things or the regenesis of things in New York in the early 2000s. I even named this podcast Saddest Night Out after a lyric in the LCD Sound System song Beat Connection because the first LCD single was Losing My Edge, which was the A side, but the B side was Beat Connection. And that was the first piece of music that James Murphy, the main guy behind LCD Sound System, was working on. But it took him so long to finish. It took, I think he said it took about nine months working on the drums, etc. for that song. And if there's anything this podcast can sympathise with, it is the agony of trying to see an idea through to its end product. I always thought I would want to recreate what happened in New York here. So a part of me thought I'd need to, <laughs> as weird as this might sound, I would need to learn to become the life and soul of the party at whatever event I attended, so that upon leaving, people would be like, hey, who was that one guy? So that I could, by force, create a scene and make something happen. I think a scene can be created, but it would look very different to what existed in the early 2000s. I've crossed paths with some interesting people, largely by virtue of hosting the open mics. And I don't think it looks like what is illustrated in that book and in other books about a real provocative libertine lifestyle, sex and drugs and all sorts of debaucherous behaviour and then also music which happened to be amazing and the whole world fell in love with it and everyone wore tight jeans and leather and they became the epicentre of cool. I think it might be something that might seem on the surface more boring than that. Largely because there's people are a lot more broke now and Netflix and social media didn't exist back then the way they do now. So whatever back then, the only fun would be to physically go out and find other people and get into whatever trouble you got into. Now, it's way more tempting to stay in, find something to watch online, or play, find a game to play online with people so you can still connect with others, but from the comfort of your own home and at a much cheaper budget. So the idea of going out in the same way people did in the early 2000s seems a little unlikely. So there's a new face that this current scene, whatever this is, will wear. And if nothing else, hopefully in recording this daily podcast, I will chronicle uncovering what that face is by talking to the people that I am meeting with, you know, at open mics, maybe at shows, at whatever. But hopefully you'll see right alongside with me that yes, something can be born here, but it won't look like the previous thing that I was basing my ideas on. That's enough for me. I hope what I've said on this episode makes sense. Otherwise, uh, I don't know. I'm getting with this. Thanks for listening. If you did listen, I will catch you on the next episode. Take care.